Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Godzilla. In the year 1945, two atom bombs were used in anger for the first time, killing hundreds of thousands of Japanese citizens. And nine years later? We got Godzilla. And that is the film we are talking about today. Uh, this is Matt. This is Luke. And this is the Sci-Fi Sanctuary. We're back in a sanctuary of sorts. Yeah, we're, we're on the side of a very Star Trek-y mountain. Yeah, precariously perched on it. Slightly less precariously perched now, though. Yeah, yeah. Our first take uh, was a little, little wild. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is actually the first time I've watched Godzilla. Godzilla. Ah, oh, for reals? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it before. I mean, I've seen Godzilla movies, of course, right. but I have not seen this Godzilla movie. Also, despite us living in Japan, this is our first Japanese film. Yeah? I mean, we did Dragon Ball Evolution, but that doesn't count. That does not count. <laughs> no, we got into that a lot. It doesn't count. <laughs> it's our first Japanese movie. Yeah. And what a film to start with. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pacific Rim was co-opting quite a bit, too. But, but here we are on the yeah. real thing. I was talking Star Wars. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was talking to my friend uh, just before um, getting ready to do a podcast, and he was like, "I was like, we're doing Godzilla." He's like, "Oh yeah, it's a, you know, it's not like you'd be doing like a real film." Like, Actually, the first Godzilla is a real film. It's like a legit, you know, like like it's a it's a cinema. Old timer, yeah. <laughs> it's a real cinema one, you know, because I mean, you got the rubber suit, of course, but you know, we first think of like Technicolor '60s fun Godzilla, yeah. whereas this is this is the real deal. Yeah, so I grew up loving Technicolor Fun Godzilla. Like, I think I mentioned on oh, the, I King, love Technicolor the King Kong well. episode. I, anytime there's a monster movie on, I would try and watch it, right? Yeah. And I remember, like, one of my happiest memories of my childhood, finding this, like, old video, like, VHS tape store near my grandparents' house. And they had a shit ton of, like, old Japanese Godzillas, and I just bought them all. <laughs> and I had the time of my life watching, like, you know, like, terrible dubbing, absolute nonsense No, effects, 60s, 70s. I, I usually prefer movies to be subtitled but uh kung fu and godzilla flicks man <laughs> yeah uh, those those should be i was about to say gamera too but actually i watch gamera in japanese <laughs> like those 90s ones yeah, yeah. Those oh those the 90s ones are good yeah yeah those are good Maybe but like those. so i enjoy all godzilla movies right from this <laughs> we're watching his bottle fall down the mountain this happened when i came here with my daughter too and we'll do the same thing where we just get it later yep but you'll walk down that way right yeah we got to go down that way we can see it okay sorry yeah, like, oh God, precarious so mountain y'all <laughs> including the very legit one like this like to the really stupid ones to the ones that are just action romps but in terms of like actual good films there's basically only two there's this one, Godzilla, and there's Shin Godzilla. Okay, that's what my friend said. Yeah, that's what my friend said on the phone. Oh, it's Shin Godzilla. I said, oh no, we're doing the original. But uh, I don't know if he's seen it. Not. Uh, I feel like a lot of people have not seen this really. Uh, so this, especially what we watched for this podcast, was not available in the West until the fiftieth anniversary. And by that point, people were just watching the ones from you know Grandma's video store. Well, and also that was when the first um the American one came out, the 2014 one. Oh, right. Oh, wait, no, that was the 60th anniversary. Yeah, that's anniversary. what I'll say. It's, yeah. It's 2004. Was it 60th anniversary? Yeah. I guess that's why I haven't seen Godzilla, because I, I guess I could never... I mean, I know there's the American version with Raymond Burr, which we actually forgot to look at for this podcast, which is fine, because I n never wanted to see that. Yep. <laughs> that's probably why I haven't seen this film until now. Uh, so I first saw this film when they gave out a copy for free with the Guardian newspaper in the UK. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
this class. I know there's a Criterion one of this out there. That must be where people first saw this one, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you want to talk about censorship in films, never mind like Disney trying to put women in Star Wars, this film was very heavily censored by the American release because they cut out pretty much all reference to American atom bombs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which like... is what this film is fucking <laughs> about. <laughs> and then what Raymond Burr was there just to like describe what was happening? Yeah, he, I, it was think, on I think he was just like a radio, yeah, a radio reporter or whatever. Yeah. So he just in between scenes just to give you a white face to look at. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, one of my fun, more fun film going experience is going to the Art Deco Theater in Atlanta and uh, seeing uh, what's the, the Monster Island one. Godzilla's son, something revenge. I don't even know. Uh, I can't remember. All it's names. a Godzilla. It was a Godzilla a movie. Nonsense anyway. <laughs> I was even slightly disappointed that it was uh, not. It, it was not dubbed. It was subtitled. But still, yeah. you're in a full theater watching a '60s Godzilla flicks pretty hip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now, this is the part where oh, Godzilla doesn't have a story, but well, this one does have a story. Amazingly, oh, yeah, yeah. Big so. Time. Uh, you want to do that? Yeah, I pretty much just stole the one from Wikipedia because I couldn't be asked to write one. We're off we go with Wikipedia. When the Japanese freighter Eiko Maru is destroyed, another ship, the Bingo Maru, is sent to investigate, only to meet the same fate. A fishing boat is also destroyed, with one survivor. Fishing catches mysteriously drop to zero, blamed by an elder on the ancient sea creature known as Godzilla. Reporters arrive on Odo Island to further investigate. A villager tells one of the reporters that something in the sea is ruining the fishing. That evening, a storm strikes the island, destroying the reporter's helicopter, and Godzilla, briefly seen, destroys 17 homes and kills 9 people, and 20 of the livestock. Odo residents travel to Tokyo to demand disaster relief. The villagers and reporters' evidence describes damage consistent with something large crushing the village. The government sends paleontologist Kyohei Yamane to, to lead an investigation on the island, where giant radioactive footprints and a trilobite are discovered. The village alarm bell is rung and Yamane and the villagers rush to see the monster, retreating after seeing that it is a giant dinosaur. Yamane presents his findings in Tokyo, estimating the Godzilla is 50 meters tall and is evolved from an ancient sea creature, becoming a terrestrial creature. He concludes that Godzilla has been disturbed by underwater hydrogen bomb testing. Debate ensues about notifying the public about the danger of the monster. Meanwhile, 17 ships are lost at sea. Ten frigates are dispatched to attempt to kill the monster using depth charges. The mission disappoints Yamane, who wants Godzilla to be studied. When Godzilla survives the attack, officials appeal to Yamane for ideas to kill the monster. But Yamane tells them that Godzilla is unkillable, having survived H-bomb testing, and must be studied. Yamane's daughter, Emiko, decides to break off her arranged engagement to Yamane's colleague, Daisuke Serizawa, because of her love for Hideto Ogata, a salvage ship captain. When a reporter arrives and asks to interview Serizawa, Emiko escorts the reporter to Serizawa's home. After Serizawa refuses to divulge his current work to the reporter, he gives Emiko a demonstration of his recent project on the condition that she must keep it a secret. The demonstration horrifies her and she leaves without breaking off the engagement. Shortly after she returns home, Godzilla surfaces from Tokyo Bay and attacks Shinagawa. After attacking a passing train, Godzilla returns to the ocean. After consulting with international experts, the Japanese Self-Defense Force constructs a 30-meter-tall, 50,000-volt electrified fence along the coast and deploys forces to stop and kill Godzilla. Yamane returns home, dismayed that there is no plan to study Godzilla for its resistance to radiation, where Emiko and Ogata await, hoping to get his consent for them to read. When Ogata disagrees with Yamane, arguing that the threat Godzilla poses outweighs any potential benefits from studying the monster, Yamane tells him to leave. Godzilla resurfaces and breaks through the fence to Tokyo with its atomic breath, unleashing more destruction across the city. Further attempts to kill the monster with tanks and fighter jets fail, and Godzilla returns to the ocean. The day after, hospitals and shelters are crowded with the maimed and the dead, with some survivors suffering from radiation sickness. 
Distraught by the devastation, Emiko tells Ogata about Serizawa's research, a weapon called the Oxygen Destroyer, which disintegrates oxygen atoms and causes organisms to die of a rotting asphyxiation. Emiko and Ogata go to Serizawa to convince him to use the Oxygen Destroyer, but he initially refuses, explaining that if he uses the device, the superpowers of the world will surely force him to construct more Oxygen Destroyers for use as a superweapon. After watching a program displaying the nation's current tragedy, Serizawa finally accepts their pleas. As Serizawa burns his notes, Emiko breaks down crying. A navy ship takes Ogata and Serizawa to plant the device in Tokyo Bay. After finding Godzilla, Serizawa unloads the device and cuts off his air support, taking the secret of the oxygen destroyer to his grave. Godzilla is destroyed, but many mourn Serizawa's death. Yamane believes that if nuclear weapon testing continues, another Godzilla may raise in the future. That Japanese government responds awful fast to disaster situations. They're constantly having them. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe, I think that's why Japan is so good at monster movies. Because it's just not that far removed from what we have here, right? <laughs> How many have you had? So I've had earthquake and typhoon. Um, okay, we got typhoon. I, I had the big earthquake. Yeah, yeah, you were here in 2011, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else have we had? I had the big one in Osaka like two years ago. Okay. It was pretty big, but not like big, big. Yeah, yeah. I had a pretty wild ride. It was like the earthquake ride at Universal Studios. Mine just shook me awake. Oh, okay. Now, I was teach. I tried to. I kept trying to assign homework for the first minute of the big 311 earthquake <laughs> until I started to need to hold the whiteboard to the wall because it was flopping all over the place. Yeah, for us, I smashed some of the glass at the hostel where I worked. And in anger? Not even like windows and stuff, just some like crockery. And I think it killed like one elderly person and one child. Mm -hmm. So sad, but not like disaster. Yeah. But maybe it's that Japan deals well with the, the physical disasters, huh? Well, yeah, they don't <laughs> deal so well with the, uh, the subtle invisible ones. Yeah, yeah. So, or maybe they are. I don't well, even know yeah. yet. It's still too, it's too early Numbers to call. Numbers-wise, it doesn't sound like Japan is having it as bad, well, despite just, the fact that when you look around, the measures seem pretty minor. Right. Again, we live right in the countryside. We've got I'm walls I'm sure we'd have a different mountains. story if we were in Tokyo right now. Godzilla would have trouble making it here. Uh, I don't know. See, these mountains, like, yeah, I know you've got, like, the Alps the other side, but I, whenever I look up at these mountains, I sort of imagine his head looming over the top. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I could definitely see that, but, uh... But he's by the ocean. He's on an island there, right? Yeah. I mean, this just seems like some rough terrain for someone of his stature. He would, just, he would just follow the river, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that would work. But I don't see why he would, right? Yeah. Um, one interesting thing is the, the major rampage is, like, smack in the middle of this film. Yeah. I always thought the rampage was supposed to be the climax. I mean, King Kong knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, because not... this isn't really, like, an action film. Or, like, one of the reasons this film is so good... None of the rampages are shot to look cool. <laughs> like, the army are not made to look cool. Like, no, they're they, just they look, coming in to try and stop desperate. the thing. Yeah. And, like, Godzilla doesn't look... It looks just fucking horrible, right? Right, right. It looks good. Like, the effects are really good here. And I think the sort of slightly fuzzy black and white cinematography lends itself really well, well to the simplicity of the suits. But nothing here is like, oh, yeah, look at him fucking smash that building. That's dope. Right, but it's, it's well shot. It's fucking sad. Yeah, but it's well shot. I mean... Yeah, it's, that's it, what I mean. It's... It's well shot, but it's not made to look cool. The, You're not meant to enjoy the rampage in this film. The scenes just with people are also well shot. Yeah, this is like, like we said at the start, this one is a good film. <laughs> you don't expect your monster, because even now, I mean, you, you got uh, Godzilla movies, you know, maybe the budget's up, the cheese factor is definitely reduced, but um, yeah, it's, it's still not like a real film, right? Yeah, again, I'm pretty sure only this one and Shin <laughs> are like very real films. 
Yeah. But yeah. a couple of the others try and be serious. I haven't... I don't think I've seen all of them yet. How many are black and white? Only like two or three. Okay. I think Godzilla Raids again is black and white. Okay, because it definitely you know, looks... The, well, better is a uh, relative term in this case, but... It just, yeah, it just it looks moody. It fits the tone. Right, right. Now, right, moving your bag. There we go. Bag noises, sorry. Burp noises. Yep. Any sorry for that? No apologies. So, yeah, I mean, we usually start by talking about the human characters, and there are a few who are worth noting. So she never had to break off the engagement, is it? Well, I mean, he fucking went underwater and died, so it's all good. <laughs> I know. Win, win. <laughs> what does that show? She kept, like, chumping out, and then he, then she just gets out of it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, from your notes, I got the impression you really didn't like the chick in this film. Oh, I see what I wrote again now. What did I say? Well, yeah, she is. They're just kind of like, um... Oh, I, I already said Owari, now piss off. I hope Godzilla eats her first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I to see you, Serizawa. <laughs> but, like, she, I think she is basically just there to be the one who ties all the other characters together. Yeah. But, um... The two, the two main doctors, I think, are the, big, the most, like, standout characters. That shrill Ono is not helping. I didn't find her shrill at all. I think it was actually someone else screaming when okay, I wrote yeah, that. Yeah. You've got to have some screaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the two doctors, so Dr. Yamane and Dr. Serizawa, carry the like themes of this film. Right. To the point that um, Ken Watanabe's character in the new ones is named after him. He's called Dr. Serizawa. Oh, okay. He doesn't have much to do, though, does he? he uh, in the second one, he nukes himself. Oh, oh, just like Serizawa, kind of. Okay, I, I actually haven't seen the second one, so... Oh, really? Because you gave me the copy. I know. <laughs> oh, you kind of... You should, but, like, not in the sort of reason you watch this film. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it eventually. just, like, non-stop monster no nonsense, I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I got it. I think I watched 20 minutes and I didn't get back. Like, I think you got to get a little deeper in that for some yeah. for the real fun. But that one I actually managed to see in Tokyo in the Toho Cinema with Godzilla on top. Okay, yeah, that's... That was, like, a lifelong dream of mine. Yeah, yeah, that's why I like when I saw Men in Black 2 and they flew by the theater I was watching the movie and it was fun. Nice, that's fun. <laughs> um, character, so we got the doctor. I mean, the... Serizawa's got just a touch of the mad scientist about him. But, like, he's... I feel like you don't see this very often anymore, where he's, like, the mad... But he knows his invention is, like, terrible. Yeah. He doesn't want it shared. Right. I mean, the the, the maddest thing about him is the fact he's missing an eye, so... Right, but that's... <laughs> You know, people do miss yeah, eyes. Yeah, people do miss eyes. <laughs> Especially in post-war Japan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, like, there's a thin veneer of mad scientist about him. He's got the crazy right. doomsday machine and, uh, you know, the, the wacky eye patch. But otherwise, he's actually pretty... Yeah, he's pretty, got, like, a lot of morality weird. to him, which yeah. makes him very interesting. He shouldn't have broken off that engagement. That's very, like, Cold War mad scientist. Mm. Whereas these days, the scientist is just like, yeah, I just want to use this invention because generic evil reasons. Well, I feel like you, you give a little injection of the crank and then you end up with Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah, it was Dr. Strangelove. 64. Oh, wow. Like 10 years after this. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, I, I think we're going to do that one sometime. Yeah, yeah, but, um, sure. Yeah, the idea with Kubrick was he was actually going to make a, uh, like a serious, uh, or no, he's going to make a film version of the book Failsafe. Okay. And then as he was writing it, realized that the line sounded so stupid. He was like, I'm going to do this as comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Failsafe is a good book, by the way. And there actually is a movie with Peter Fonda uh, that is Failsafe straight up. All right. Uh, it's, it's worth seeing, but it's not as good as Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> well, then, who's the actor in Dr. Strangelove that they didn't tell was it comedy? Oh, God. Slim Pickens. Okay. I'd heard that's a thing, right? Yeah. They, like, didn't tell him it was a comedy. Oh, and that was great. They definitely told Peter Sellers, but... Yeah. Uh, back to Godzilla. This one's not... This one's not a comedy at all. This doesn't no, even I, have... I don't even know if this has a joke in it. This doesn't even have unintentional laughs. No. Which... There's one shot, which, for me, does, like, raise a slight chuckle. It's when the airplanes are attacking him, and he's swatting at them like a kitten. Oh, yeah. He did have a few <laughs> King Kong eyes in there. Yeah. Oh, but, there's a know. big-ass bee coming in, just, like, Godzilla-sized bee. It was behind you. Is it definitely a bee and not one of the hornets? It might be a burner hornet. No, I think that's America where they get the burner hornets. It, from here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they don't they normally have them this far up north. Yeah, okay. Also, I haven't seen loads of bumblebees. I'm pretty sure it's just a bumblebee. Doesn't look like a bee. It's got, it's got, white, it's got white spots on its black exoskeleton. What's it doing? Falling. Now it's near your butt. You might want to stand up. 
there it is. It's just chilling right there. Oh, it's tiny. It is tiny, but it just it was flying and, you know. For oh, a it's just like a little beetle guy. What are you talking about? Well, he was flying. He okay. looks fine. He That's looks our harmless. Godzilla for the day. That's our personal Godzilla, man. I, I was expect like, I've seen a lot of bees lately. And um, when I was down in, like, Kyoto and Osaka, I did bump into the fucking murder hornets a couple times. <laughs> but no, this guy's harmless. He looks fine. Okay. This is cool. like a frog. <laughs> he looked different when he was flying. Okay. He's, probably, he's probably mutated. It's the radiation. Yeah, that'll be it. <laughs> it's the COVID. Yeah. Where were we? Godzilla, we have our tiny guy. Let's get back to big Godzilla. I mean, yeah, if we're talking characters. Let's talk Godzilla as a character, especially in relation to Kong, who we spoke about a few months ago. So, uh, apparently, that was like a re-release of Kong in, like, 52. Um, which apparently made the most money of any cinematic release of King Kong. Yeah. Um, and I believe that was part of the inspiration for making this film. Um, along with the uh, radiation incident around a Japanese fishing boat the same year Godzilla came out. Right. And, of course, the fucking atom bombs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the big one. I mean, that's the whole point of the film, which is why the American version is so ridiculous. Yes. Now it's just like random monster comes from the sea, which is stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the best Godzilla films always treat him as a metaphor for something, right? Yeah. So like in this one, it's very much a radiation. Um, in later ones, it's often... And in this one as well, he represents, like, man's relationship with nature, right? If you treat nature with respect and, you know, environmentalism, sometimes Godzilla ends up being the hero of the movie. <laughs> and then other times, Godzilla is there to punish us for our crimes against nature. <laughs> yeah, it's the all-seeing sage that judges you. Gamera's, Gamera's always groovy, is he? Yeah, he's friend to the children. Right, right. Mothra's <laughs> always groovy, right? Yeah, yeah, Mothra's a protector. Who's our real shit-kicking monster? King Ghidorah. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can quiz you on all this, that's good. Yeah, Rodan, <laughs> but he's just a fucking pterodactyl, he's nothing. Oh, okay. Destroyer. Space Godzilla, I like Space Godzilla. That's he's got big Krypton spikes poking out of him. <laughs> yeah, as well say, it's different, Mechagodzilla. <laughs> Mechagodzilla. Mechagodzilla's always built to, like, protect people and somehow goes bad <laughs> one of them he's possessed by the ghost of um the godzilla who dies in this film ah, like, so it's like star trek androids basically yeah in one of the sequels <laughs> the skeleton of this godzilla is possessed by all the ghosts of japan's war dead who were never given proper burials and that's why he goes on a rampage why aren't we doing that one because <laughs> i can't remember which one it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go fucking wild in some of them. Again, I, I haven't seen them. I think some of them can be taken more seriously than others. Right. But I think, like I was saying, the problem, even with the ones which do have some kind of a serious plot, they just revel in it too much. Mm. And this one never revels in it. Right. <laughs> and also, um, much like King Kong, Godzilla in this film is a tragic figure. Like, he's the monster, but you do feel bad for him. And it's, it's your mistakes coming to roost. Yeah. Like, the final shot where he's dying, like, you kind of feel for him. <laughs> he, he didn't... Like, Godzilla's not sentient or smart. It's just an animal. It doesn't deserve any of this. Is King Kong smarter? I think King Kong's probably smarter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a, he's a prime... Dep again, it depends which Godzilla and which King Kong you go to, right? True. Or you battle them against each other. We, we're getting that soon, are we? Again. Yeah. Well, it was meant to be out around now. Then it was pushed back to the end of the year. Uh -huh. And now with COVID, who the fuck knows? Well, we got the 70s one to watch anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem with the 70s one is, to make it work, they completely reinvent what King Kong is. What's they make King him Kong as big as Godzilla, mm. and they give him lightning powers for no reason. He has lightning powers. Yeah. Whereas the fun for me is just like... Um, they're very outmatched. So you want to see Godzilla, King Kong, have to be smart to fight Godzilla, right? Mm. He's like climbing around him, punching him in the face, throwing things at him. But no, they're just going to both be the same size and wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it's my it's, same it's problem I have with Batman right. versus Superman, right? They, they only made that film by just making Batman not Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but The fun is seeing Batman fight Superman. But we didn't. We saw, like, fucking Iron Man fight Superman. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, the Iron Man was, like, his last ditch in the comic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he... also, like, what made it interesting is that Batman won't kill. Exactly. Right. Whereas in the fucking Zack Snyder film, he repeatedly tries to kill Superman. Godzilla will kill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so but like a force of nature kills. He's, there's no malevolence there. He's just, you, you know... Hell, uh, you might have sat on that, that little bug for all I know. I didn't do that. 
No, I, I don't, I'm not saying you did. I'm just saying, you, for all we know, you might have right. like, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just saying, of course you wouldn't do that, but I'm saying you might have not been paying attention and, and yeah, it could yeah, yeah. be, like, like have your, it's carpet. Uh, our there, scale yeah. compared to the bug scale, we cause untold destruction all the time by accident. Like, there was a, there was like a wasp in my car like two days ago. I'm trying to get out with the newspaper and he kept going to go back to the window where he gets stuck, right? Yeah. And I finally got him out and I think, and I, then he's on the front windshield, like the outside. Yeah. And I started driving. I mean, is he dead? He's not moving. Eventually he did fly off. So, okay. Mm -hmm. I was uh, hoping I didn't actually kill him with the newspaper. I mean, like, it took me like five scrapes to get him on out. <laughs> but you don't want to start driving with a wasp in the driver's seat, so. <laughs> that was That was my Godzilla for the day. <laughs> Every day we each meet our own personal Godzillas. Yeah, that's deep, man. <laughs> Should we go deep? Yeah. They say he's got to go. Go, go, Godzilla. He did go. You familiar with that one? No. Oh, that's um, Blue Oyster Cult, Godzilla. Huh. It's one of my favorite songs. Oh, okay. I like Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah. I History don't... shows again and again how nature points out the folly of men. <laughs> go, go, Godzilla. Yeah, he goes in this movie. He yeah. goes where he wants. But, uh... <laughs> Yet, there's so much cultural resonance, I guess, is the point. Yeah, well, um, like, your friend was saying, like, oh, Godzilla, that's not a sensible film. Because this film is tainted by 65 years of sequels, <laughs> which just get dumber and dumber, right? <laughs> like, at this point, Godzilla is, like, the official ambassador of Shinjuku. Mm -hmm. There's, like, multiple statues of him in Tokyo. <laughs> He's, like, a beloved national icon. You mention him, the kids sing his theme tune. Oh! Have you heard them do that? The one where they put the words to it? I haven't heard the words. Godzilla, 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 Godzilla. Um, two years ago, my daughter's music festival, she was in the third grade at the time. Mm -hmm. So they did all the Godzilla themes, right? Amazing. So when I watched this movie, it, this, it made it cheesy, not because, it, by no fault of this movie at all, but every time one of the themes started coming on, I just see a, like 50 third graders on a stage playing melodiums. <laughs> Actually, they gave, my daughter was on the snare drum. Bah, 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 bah. I didn't even know that, but yeah. She, nice. Because she was practicing on the melodium. I thought she was going to play it on that, but she, <laughs> they gave her the drum, but that's cool. <laughs> So yeah, there's three bits of music worth talking about in this film. Obviously, there's Godzilla's theme, right? But you know, that. Stuff. So what, what is the, so I, the, I know the first one, you know, da -da 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 -da, that's not Godzilla's theme. Oh, yes, that, yeah, it starts very slow and builds to that. Oh, right, right, and right. And then there's the, uh, that's been reused a lot in the Godzilla films. Sometimes it sounds really menacing. <laughs> and sometimes it sounds real cheesy. <laughs> they, 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 they do a good job of menacing in this one. Oh, this one's very menacing. Yeah. The, as, like I said. The opening where it's slow, it's just roars. Then yeah. it slowly builds into the music. Yeah, it's not this movie's thought that every time that they would start, I would start oh, yeah. seeing third graders. No, but it's stage. also not just that performance is full because the later films do make it pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, the other one is the army have their own theme in the Godzilla films. It's counterpoint. It's a counterpoint theme. You put them together, and that's all, all hell breaks loose, right? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that. That one kind of works here because it is the 50s and that sort of militarism is kind of fine. And because they're fucking useless. But at the end <laughs> of the day, at the end of the day, King Kong has better monster music. Uh, I can't sing King Kong's theme, whereas I regularly get Godzilla's music yeah, stuck in my head. Yeah, but the, I feel the, the ominousness of the King Kong one's a little more hardcore. Again, I always think of the Peter Jackson one, and then it's not really the ominous monster music I think of. It's the dramatic swells of like his relationship with mm. Anne. Okay, anyway, you want to um, get... But no, the real piece of music that I think of in this film um, is the choir of children at the end. Ah. That is fucking legit haunting. <laughs> of course. No, nothing more chilling than sh the voices of children. But yeah, right. that's the bit I always remember of this, this film specifically is just those scenes. And you've got like the the refuge centers full of like the injured and the people mm. with their families missing and stuff like that. Right. So real. Oh, now I can't read my last note. 
I was going to read my last note because it wasn't about the children singing. Go on. I've, I've seen it and I know what it is. Artillery shells are but light dick punches to Godzilla. Ion freeze breath. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right. Like, <laughs> the fucking weapons do nothing to Godzilla. <laughs> and by like the sequels, they, the army somehow have like laser beams and shit, yeah. but they still don't hurt Godzilla. Well, in this movie, the solution is always to build a fucking wall. Yeah, Pacific, Pacific Rim as well. Yeah, Trump too. Yeah. Well, that's it. He's just trying to keep out the Mexican Godzillas. We all real, have our own Godzillas some, to deal with, and sometimes some, it's a Mexican man. There's some bad hombres, those Mexican Godzillas. <laughs> well, I think it's, uh, yeah. I was about to make a metaphor that made no sense and wouldn't Do it. actually. Okay. Do it. So Mexican Godzillas are like the Fender Mexican guitars, but the Japanese vendors are better which so the Japanese better but it didn't work because then the American ones are better but then that would have to be King Kong oh, the American America, Godzilla film America would they give us Broadway Godzilla which I don't think we'll be doing on this well maybe we will I but. Think, see I like that film it's just not Godzilla at all <laughs> oh well you were talking about um, how they had to rescale uh, King Kong right mm. For, the problem with that one is King Kong's never the same size in any two seats yeah I know yeah. it's like how large is Godzilla as long as as large as he needs to be for this scene yeah, yeah I yeah. mean they man they give you all the stats like they give you weight height you know diet everything <laughs> in this movie <laughs> they're not fucking around with the size the, of um, after the the Broderick Godzilla the next couple of Japanese Godzilla films mention that monster as being a separate monster. <laughs> and then in Godzilla Final Wars, which is probably my favorite one, because it is just 90 minutes of Godzilla killing other monsters. <laughs> um, he kills that Godzilla. That's cool. That, that one slaps it into the killed. Sydney Opera House with his tail and then explodes it. All oh, right. Now, to be honest, I, I, I think that's one where I just saw in the theater. It wasn't one of my disappointment picks, right? Oh, yeah, no, I, I very much enjoyed that film. I had a bunch of the figures as a kid. Yeah. It's just... You know, it's not really Godzilla. Yeah, the, the big problem is he changes sizes. Also, that monster's official name now is Zilla, because God was not involved. I'm the Zilla, yo! <laughs> like, that's, that's what the creator of Godzilla named it. <laughs> <laughs> and when he shows up in other films, he's called Zilla. Oh, right. <laughs> <sighs> How much... So the design of Godzilla itself stayed the same for about 50 years? When did they really start to tweak that one? Because even Japan goes with Shin Godzilla now, right? Um... Well, he's always changes a bit. Like you, I can look at a Godzilla and be like, okay, that's like 50s Godzilla, 60s Godzilla, 70s Godzilla. I mean, Shin Godzilla doesn't change it that much. It just makes it more horrifying, the way he's put together. Yeah. Um, like, this from Godzilla here, in basically every version except Shin, he is a dinosaur that's been a bit mutated, right? Mm -hmm. Where Shin Godzilla is just a thing. Yeah. So what, what, what? I guess my question is, what is Final Wars the last rubber Godzilla, the last yes. safe Godzilla? Yeah, so Final Wars was the 50th anniversary, and then there was no Godzilla, and 10 years later, the 2014 American Godzilla came out. Man, they should allow restraint there, didn't they? Yeah, uh, which is fun. Yeah. I like that. It's... Right, so... There are American franchises that could show some restraint now. Um, my one issue with that film is just there's not enough monster stupidity. <laughs> there's too much of the boring guy trying to get to his family. <laughs> but when the monsters show up, it's fucking dope. There we go. Um, and then last year, there was a sequel to that, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is the one that I was able to see in Tokyo. Mm. Um, there's been a few anime ones, which actually did get a cinematic release here yeah, in Japan. I see, I kind of mixed up Shin Godzilla with those. Uh, I saw, I saw um, the second two of those in the cinemas here. Mm. There's like 90 minutes worth of film spread out over three films. They're fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to go for Shin Godzilla. But Shin Godzilla is, like, like I said, the second legit masterpiece. Okay. Uh, that was 2016. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this, well, this, so when the 98 Broderick one came out, they weren't really making them in Japan at that time. And then, like, a year later, Japan's like, no, we have to make a real Godzilla to fucking make up for that abomination. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the 2014 one, they were like, oh, okay, that was kind of fun, but it misses the point. Let's make a real Godzilla again. And they brought in the guy from um, Evangelion. Ah, okay. So Shin Godzilla is, like, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I uh, and like this one, game. it's only got, like, two rampages in it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, an not balanced rampages at all. Like you said, it's not for the action... Um, you know, adrenaline rush. It's for the horror of the attack. Also, you will appreciate Shin Godzilla. I appreciated it much more when I watched it after having worked in Japan for a year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of years of that, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you'll understand. We should do that one actually fairly soon, I think. Yeah, sure. Um, any other salient, you know, stupid points you want to make since we're, I guess, on the fun side? Um, the airplanes look shit. The airplanes barely look. I mean, you know, yeah. there's, they roll in. They... But then, well, 
the only reason I bring that up is apparently the effects director was lauded for his incredible airplane effects so much that General MacArthur bought his footage to use in movies about Pearl Harbor. Oh my! And yet here they just—they don't look that great. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm not looking at it through the eyes of 1954. Right, right. So maybe that's... I saw a fighter jet yesterday. Yeah, I've been seeing some interesting things in the skies over Nagano, hmm. flying a boot. We have the Doctor Heli that you see so not so much recently, but <laughs> they're just making practice runs in case the virus gets out of hand and they have to nuke us. Yeah, Fucking no. Well, there's, there's, there's some hikers like us out there. Hopefully we're not going to need the Dr. Heli, so. <laughs> a couple of times when I've been out hiking and the helicopter's been, like, just floating around near me, I'm like, wait a minute, am I not meant to be here? Are they going to tell me off? Oh, after last year's typhoon, there was, like, a sky convoy for, like, two weeks. Did you catch that? Yeah, that yeah, was pretty yeah. wild. Well, a lot of people needed help, man. <laughs> yeah, that was Godzilla-level stuff, sky convoy. Just, like, I'd see him coming, I'd see him going back. It was, like, there was a highway right above. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you, I mean, look down here, you can still see where, like, this area of trees has been pretty fucking devastated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can see that. Well, if we keep going up that way, there's the bridge that's like taken out. That, yeah, that's one, real good. One, there's shit. four bridges out, man. They finally opened up one of them. So you, I'm just thinking of the huge one. It's the one that you look at and you're like, fuck. Oh, the one that. Like the overpass. Yeah. One. yeah, 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 yeah. Not that that means anyone's a listener, but yeah, yeah. There's still we 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 see some Godzilla level damage from where we're watching this. Well, I mean, I guess. there was that Godzilla side tree that nearly hit Matt. Oh, yeah, the Godzilla, yeah. <laughs> Come on, I, I keep saying it's like large sagebrush. <laughs> oh, 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 have, I, have I ever brought that story up on the podcast? A well-proportioned bush. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, our company had us working, like, until the typhoon was, like, hella dangerous. Yeah. And I got a ride back from a dude with, like, you know, one of those big, like, SUV sort of cars. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we're driving along. Actually, you can, right down... There in Sakaki, we can see where this happened. It was right over there. Okay. And we're just we're going along, and it's like, oh, there goes a tree. And okay, it wasn't like it was like a large bush, but, but still, the, that shouldn't be flying through the air. What amuses me about it is Matt told me this story a few times over the course of the coming months, and the tree just got bigger and bigger. Godzilla's in the air, man. He flies now. <laughs> if you on Google Maps over in Matsumoto, there's apparently a tree shaped like Godzilla. <laughs> So I've got to go hike up to that at some point. Why aren't we doing the podcast there? That's when we do Shin Godzilla, I guess. Well, I haven't been there but yet. But so shaped slightly wrong. Shin Godzilla is shaped differently, right? I mean, it's, uh, his it's silhouette is still pretty Godzilla. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Oh, uh, yeah. So the, um, the statue of Shin Godzilla, which they've got outside Toho's actual headquarters, and it's got the original shooting script of this film inside the statue. Oh, right. And it says, like, oh, here is where the soul of Godzilla is enshrined. That makes sense. And then on top of the cinema is where they've got, like, old school... Like 80s Godzilla. Yeah. Full size. He looks dope. I remember running. Who makes Ultraman? Ultraman. Uh, so the effects guy from this went on to create Ultraman. Okay. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. I was always, I, I guess that's, I don't know that as much about Godzilla because I was always more of an Ultraman guy. Hmm. Hmm. I watched a bit of Ultraman, but yeah, I was definitely a Godzilla. Well, that's the thing. I like the monsters. I don't really care about dudes. <laughs> so Ultraman, it's like, oh yeah, I don't need the superhero. I just want to see two monsters fight. I guess I needed the superhero. At least growing up. My, my real favorite, though, I, I, one of the reasons I, I read this uh, comic book, like, way underground crazy comic book called Ultra Klutz, mm-hmm. which started off just as, like, this mildly profane um, Ultra, uh, Ultraman parody. But then it went on for, like, 30 issues over several years and just started to get uh, more and more metaphysical and surreal. That's I'm reading amazing. this from, like, 12 or something. <laughs> so, I, I'll see if Did I can... Did you ever read any of the old Marvel Godzilla comics? No. Me either, but I have read some Godzilla comics. Mm. I read a couple of Japanese mangas, and a few years back, IDW did Godzilla Goes to Hell, which was pretty <laughs> sick. Yeah. I guess. I guess we should talk about Japan and monsters. All right. I've got a monster in my pants, and it does a little dance. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why I just showed you that video, but... <laughs> kind of appropriate. I've been having, yeah, yeah, I've been having a run-in with the B-52s, that being the solo career of Fred Schneider, but... Um, yeah, there's a song you get to. It's a smaller monster, much smaller than Godzilla. <laughs> Not according to him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Japan has a weird history with monsters. Well, each... I mean, they had... So it's, you know, it goes back to the... the they call it Shinto now, right? But every mountain has a spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a, like, physical manifestation. So, 
Well, if, you, if you think of like European mythology, it has monsters, but the memorable part is the human hero. Mm. It's Beowulf, it's St. George, it's King Arthur, it's the one who slays the monster. But in Japan, you kind of forget the samurai who slayed it, and the monster is the memorable part. Yeah. You know, the Kitsune, the Mukade, all these different monsters. Maybe because Japan legit has a lot of monsters, a lot of bugs here that'll kill you. But <laughs> I don't know, I think it's just it's a sort of naturalism and animalism. Yeah, like um, the other end of this would be like Totoro, right? Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> that's what I was going to go to. Um, obviously, after the war, Japan officially renounced war. It's the only country which has done that. Uh, you know, maybe they all should. Now they're trying <laughs> to undo it, but whatever. Ah, Abe. <laughs> yeah, but he, it's, it's, see, he is trying to undo it. It is supremely unpopular with the public. The Japanese people don't want it. Yeah, it's like, let's chill, folks. That's good. I like that. You know, more countries should be like that. Yeah. I know I got in a lot of trouble for skipping school to protest the Iraq war. <laughs> <laughs> um, turned out to be right about that one. Yeah. yeah we, uh, but yeah, so most Jap- Japanese media isn't very often conflicts with humans. So it's monsters. It's Godzilla. It's Ultraman. He fights monsters. It's never like human villains. Right. Uh, like Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, Power Ranger stuff. Maybe there's a human villain leading them, but week to week he fights monsters. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the Japan's probably biggest cultural... Well, definitely, it's the biggest property in the world, financially. It's Pokemon <laughs> and Digimon. It's monsters. And I don't know, there's just something about... Jap- I think it may... You're right, it does come from, like, the Shintoism, the, just the nature spirits being the main source of faith here. Yeah, I think it's cooled off now, but I was like, I actually liked Yokai Watch fine. That was fun stuff. I did, and not the game, but I was talking about the general concept was fun. No, I mean, a lot of Pokemon are taken from Yokai, right? So right. So I just going back to the source. Yeah, I guess I like that they just inject a little bit more of an actual source, and that's where the Demon Slayer gets popular too. That does yeah. have some human characters, though. Some are monstrous, but... Yeah, but it's, it's still humans fighting monsters more so than fighting humans. Right, right. I mean, it's not, I'm not, obviously... Don't tweet at me a bunch of examples of Japanese stuff where they do fight people. I know it exists. There's lots of Kung Fu stuff and Yakuza stuff. And even in Dragon Ball, he fights other dudes. I'm saying it... Japan has a much higher ratio than most other countries of stuff where it's monsters. They're going to tweet you for saying Kung Fu instead of Karate. Yeah, well, I'm going to tweet them a picture of my big old dick. (laughs) People do that, man. If you want me to tweet your picture of my dick, then just let me know. I, I can do it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do it unsolicited. I'm I want joking. Godzilla's with that photo. Does he, have, does he have one? I don't know. I'm going to send you a picture now later when I get home with me. I'm going to position the Godzilla so it's poking out of my pants. <laughs> make that the artwork for this episode. <laughs> it's probably a cool poster, though. Anyway, whatever. I think that would make a pretty good picture. I'm going to try it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, where were we? Um, I guess, you know, like, individualism's not a thing in Japan. It's supposed to be everyone works as a group, so we work as a group to overcome this problem. Monsters are a better problem than some asshole. Yeah. Well, and also, monsters are a better problem than sort of a pure disaster, right? Yeah. It's like, it's the middle ground, because you want a thing, a character with a face, but you don't want it to be a dude. And so that's why you have Godzilla. You have King... Oh, when Godzilla becomes the goody, you have to have King Ghidorah and Destroyer and all the bad monsters. Speaking of which, Japanese cinema had a big movie about the Fukushima disaster coming out, mm-hmm. which got preempted by Corona. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, supposed Fukushima to come 50. out... Yeah, it was supposed to come out in the middle of March. And maybe it did, actually. I think but, it did launch. I okay, it launched. Well, it probably I didn't... I suspect it was... Pop- that said, <laughs> right up until they closed the cinema, I was going and it was still fairly busy. Mm. Well, people knew it was going to close. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why I was like, ah, I probably, I, maybe it's dumb of me to try and go and see all three Back to the Futures, but I don't know when I'm going to get to go to a theater again. Yeah. So, you know, I wore a mask. I didn't touch anyone. So if you're waiting for us to um, do Sonic the Hedgehog, keep holding your breath because we couldn't go to the theater. Yeah, um, I was at a train station the other day. And I saw a poster for it that still said, like, March 25th or whatever, and I was like, oh. That's apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the train station by Rob's house has a poster for the Monster Hunter anime from, like, four years ago. <laughs> it's, uh, I love it. Every time I go in that train station, I see this Monster Hunter poster. 
I keep te- I think I'm tempted to steal it, but then I'm like, no, I kind of like that it's just there. <laughs> it just stays there for like fucking ever. <laughs> but yeah, that's the Japanese thing, right? We 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 don't worry about being the hero. We bond together to overcome our difficulties. So. And it, it can result in a lot of these movies. I don't think this one's too bad for it, in not really having characters. This one has characters. They're they're not. They're not memorable, but they don't need to be memorable right. at all. But, I mean, a couple of them are, right? Like I said, the two Doctors are pretty memorable. Yeah. But um, often, they you can accuse them of, because they're taking such a broad societal perspective, they're about themes and stuff, but they're not really about characters. Mm. That's true of a lot of Japanese films. Yes. Now, it, the weird side effect, and we don't really see it too much here, but is um, you get weird sentimentality. So these characters that they never really build up have these like super like schmaltzy... Um, moments of yeah yeah mentality it, it comes across as like overacting because it's the first time you've seen them act in the film yeah um in japanese national tv has the asadora do you know what that is no that's the morning drama okay right and i don't know if it's, it, it probably is just me but i'm just like are these getting dumber or is it just me <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like cheese bars what, yeah, but, like crap now that's just ter- like network television everywhere. Yeah. Like premium TV is getting so good these days. But the sort of the other side of that coin is that network television is just getting more and more like lowest common denominator. Because who's watching it other than fucking boomers with nothing else to do? Yeah, okay, that's who's watching us <laughs> from those. But and actually, people do, they have breakfast and they turn on and they tend to see it. I think it's viewed more. Even if you're, this is the morning thing, this is with breakfast. So you're not really throwing on peak TV at that time anyway. You right. Know? Well, I mean, I just over this way, you've got the. Uh, Togura Castle where they film a lot of that stuff because mm. it's a very old wooden yes yes castle. No, I remember, now that, that's for the evening drama though okay <laughs> evening dramas are somewhat better <laughs> oh, so the morning ones is like the modern day hospital shit oh no 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 that's it's often in the past it's like like they had one about the guy that like brought whiskey to Japan the one now is some story about musicians in the 50s uh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, like family dramas. Because yeah. um, I, I noticed it because about about eight years ago they had one where the Asador was actually based near Matsumoto. So mm-hmm. my my in laws were like totally obsessed with watching. Actually, my own parents started watching it too online. So. Oh, nice. But it, but it is kind of cheesy. Well, it's very cheesy. It's extremely cheesy. It's the definition of cheese, really. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's also it's the equivalent of like biopics in the in the West. Yeah, but with an extra shot of schmaltz. Right. <laughs> Sentimentality. So, <laughs> my point being All that, elements of culture are fucking 20 years behind in Japan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the point being, I think Japanese storytelling does tend to not focus on the individual, but then they do for moments, because right. it's deep, but it comes out as sentimentality. Well, and it also it comes, it comes from, like, the history of, like, very short poetry and stuff. Right. It's just this one moment is what's important. Yeah, but uh, they, since they haven't been doing much for the rest, maybe that's your point, when they actually do act now, it just seems like... But yeah, that's just because out. that's not what we're used to, right? Mm. And, I mean, it kind of works in these movies, the Godzilla movies, because, like, part of the theme is just, like, this blase they won't accept the situation and then they have to right <laughs> so everyone like like when your notes you had a moment they applaud covering it up <laughs> <laughs> just don't tell anyone it'll be cool man but like maybe that's what's happening right this fucking well, second right and everyone's well, walking around in a daze like nothing's happening well japan had and then maybe we yeah. suddenly will get all these deaths and there will be a sudden emotion yeah <laughs> that is how disasters work right you keep a stiff upper lip while you have to and then eventually, you don't anymore. Right. Because Japan, um, the, the, again, as of the recording of this, the, the issue is still just weird, I guess. Um, but there was never a problem into Japan, in Japan until we finally let go of the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the day after. Okay, national emergency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, b- because they were trying to keep the Olympics. Yes. Well, the same reason that in the UK and America, like, they were super late to admit it. And now they're trying to be way too early letting go of it. Because they don't care about poor people's lives as much as those people making profit for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, here's a here's a real clusterfuck. The idea of um, now, okay, states are opening up again, mm. so businesses can open up again, but they probably might not want to. Even if it's manufactured fear, it is real fear in their mind, right? They don't want to go back to work. Their workers don't want to go back. But now they don't get insurance because the state officially opened up. Yep. And if they do bother to reopen their store or their restaurant, well, the restaurant's going to be at half capacity. They're not going to make a profit from that, you know? <laughs> so This is all deliberate, though, man. <laughs> it's like the government doesn't want to accept any responsibility. 
because Walmart's got what 1.5 million employees, but there don't seem to be any uh, outbreaks of infections in Walmart's where they deal with thousands of people every day still. But maybe the company's taking sufficient precautions, you know. Yeah. Masks and hand sanitizer. Hey, maybe my restaurant and... can do that, you know. <laughs> It's, I mean, I think it's a bit more difficult with restaurants because people are putting things in their mouths all the time. Okay, well, hey, maybe my mom well, and pop store can do Walmart that. Walmart has a pretty strict um, wear your mask policy. Yeah. I've seen people complaining about it online. I thought being like, well, fuck off. <laughs> I finally got laser zapped in the head to go to the uh, clothing store a few days ago. Nice. A radar thermometer. Well, it's the problem with that game. is that our um, temperatures are like two or three degrees over the Japanese average. <laughs> so we constantly look like we've got a fever to them. Oh, okay. Well, they'd let me in. So. That's all right then. I look like a healthy young buck. They've, um, at work. Oh, you haven't been at the main school much. They've got, like, a clipboard and you're meant to write your temperature every day. I've written it down a few times. And, like, yeah, we're all, like, two degrees higher than all the Japanese people. Really? Yeah. yeah I haven't known that. What, what do you come up as? Like, 36, 36. You mean points of a degree? Like, quite a f- No, I mean, we're normally around, like, 36, 37, and they're around, like, 35. Uh, oh, okay. Interesting. Hmm. I might be exaggerating. I often do. Yeah. I, no, I had a look at the page because I was curious, but yeah, yeah, we're a touch higher. God damn it, we've gone on a huge COVID tangent again. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Japan and a disaster. I think it's fair this time. Yeah, the Japanese disasters. Uh, we talked about Fukushima too, didn't we? Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of disasters in Japan. This one just we all get to share together. Yeah. This is your your Godzilla for the time being. It's very, very tiny. Very small Godzilla. Very That's why. Can I ask you a quick question? No. Okay. Hey, this has been Matt. This has been <laughs> Sorry, what's your question? <laughs> um, were the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki justified? No. War's not justified. You've already lost the war if you're shooting at somebody. Okay, I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've really fucking won. <laughs> um, have you been to Hiroshima and or Nagasaki? I have not. I've been to both. Uh, my, they were like... When I first came to Japan and I was just traveling, I didn't know if I was going to be able to stay yet. They were very high on my See, list. See, I've never had a just traveling around moment right. in Japan, so... <laughs> it's kind of far from here, to be honest. Yeah, well, I, I am sat here where I am today by pure fucking luck and charm. Yeah. <laughs> He's not lying. So, yeah, I, I, I just landed in Tokyo with, like, a million yen and no plan. <laughs> and I'm still here two and a half years later. <laughs> full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, where were we going with this? Being white. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we're, we're sure. that's. I, I think I might have mentioned Star Trek before. You know, once you've once you're firing the phaser, you've already you know lost some. Um, you've made some errors. There was judgment. actually that was a line in um, Transformers in the comic books after the war is over and Megatron is lamenting. He said, "Oh, I lost the war when I made the decision to attack." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, who do you? Other than Jeff Bezos, is there anyone you particularly want to punch in the face? Uh, Tony Blair, George W. Bush. But we're looking. Huge at, war criminals. We're just, we're just looking at a few people here, right? We're not looking at most people you want to punch in the face. So no. if I don't want to punch him in the face, I probably don't want to shoot him. Okay, do you want to shoot Jeff Bezos in the face? No, I want to put him under a guillotine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I exaggerate for comment. No, I don't I, want I to know. kill anyone. No, no, right? I know. That, that's my point. Like, even we Nazis, think we're, right? Like, I, if I meet a Nazi and he's spouting his Nazism, I probably will punch him in the face because you've got to shut him down. But, right, that doesn't solve the problem. Um, I was listening to an interview the other day, a really good interview, um, on the QAnon Anonymous podcast, actually. Uh, it's a fella who was a white nationalist in the 80s and who came out of it. Hold wow. on. I don't know if you hear, but we have these public systems in Japan. Some public announcement going on down there. So when you're hearing Godzilla, that's those... those I'm just amazed. We're are... right up the top of the mountain and we can hear it. So that's yeah. playing on a you lot might, of speakers. I don't know if you're here on the podcast or not, but yeah, they have these public announcement systems. Um, a- again, after the 311 earthquake, they kept having these alarms go off whenever there'd be an aftershock. Mm. And, and it sounded just like the alarm on space battleship Yamato. So. <laughs> well, the one we just heard now is the one they had on the TV announcement in Godzilla. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're still using yeah. it, folks. <laughs> I think they're still using the same chairs and the diet, the Japanese diet, too. I mean, I can't even make out words, let alone translate them, so I don't know what she just said. 
there it goes. Anyway, yes, that, that's, there's some reality for you. Okay, where were we? Uh, what level of power do you need to have when it's okay to kill somebody? Because apparently it becomes okay at some point because people do it and then have patriotism about doing it. Right, yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think it's justified. Yeah, so yeah, what I was talking about, um, and this guy now works to bring people out of white nationalism, out of Nazism, out of all of these, um, like, alt-right hate groups. And he does it by sitting them down with the people they think they hate. <laughs> he, sit, he sits down like a Nazi and a Jew. And... Um, once you realize that all of your beliefs are built on nothing, you, you see the human and break it down. No, we're all more you the same than we are different. You humanizing, right? Exactly. You know, you need to be given reasons to hate everybody and divide Again, yourselves. But most of these people who you think of as, like, hateful people, they don't hate. It's just they convince themselves they hate because this is the only family they know, is yeah. these groups that they've been, like, Same as, like, you know, into. coming into a cult. Yeah. It <laughs> is a cult. It's just straight up a cult. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, you know what the biggest cult on earth is? The fucking US military. <laughs> yeah? You know? They take you and deliberately train you to not see your opponents as humans. America! Fuck yeah! And like, Suck that's... on my dick and lick on my balls! America! <laughs> fuck yeah! Freedom is the only way, yeah! <laughs> Terrorists, your game is through. Cause now you have to answer to America! Fuck, fuck yeah! yeah. I didn't think we were going to have the musical moment in this one. Okay. I also sung Godzilla earlier as well. We've had a few. Um, well, sorry, sorry, you asked me the question, then we got off on a tangent because you don't kill people. But uh, where were you going with that? Like, um, so, like, yeah, just the, the atom bombings are fucking terrible acts. Um, and it, I went there and, of course, I felt sad, but I felt furious because all my life growing up in the UK, like, we're taught about World War II in history constantly. And we're taught we were the goodies. <laughs> we defeated the baddies. They did, you know, they tried to bomb us, but the British spirit, we made it through. They never mentioned that we firebombed Dresden in return. Yeah, that was worse. Like, also, like um, most Japanese cities, even before the atom bombs, were reduced to rubble. And, like, we'd already won. <laughs> like, I mean, the war was still going on, but... Japan and Germany were not winning. It was revenge. Have and you... it's, it's the fucking arrogance of saying, well, you know, the British spirit will never be beaten by bombing our civilians, but it will probably work if we bomb their civilians. Mm, yeah, blow them up. It's good. Now we only have the, the winners, so we can make the history. Yeah, exactly. So it's fucking disgusting. And it's, it's ruined Britain and America. <laughs> like, look at um, like Britain's response to, I'm bringing it up again, COVID, is like, oh, well, no, we'll beat it because we've got that British spirit, right? We can just fucking stiff up our lip our way through a global pandemic. <laughs> because we've convinced ourselves of all of that all of our World War II propaganda was true. We're because better we won than and we didn't peoples. have to back down on it. Hmm. Whereas Germany and Japan had to like admit that that was all fucking nonsense. And they've learned humility. And now like their economies are fucking ten times better than us because they've learned lessons from Especially World War II. Especially now, crap. <laughs> like, yeah, we didn't learn anything from the war. And yeah, so now we talk about like, oh, well, you know, dropping the atom bomb shortened the war by 10 years and saved millions of American lives. No, it kept, okay. it kept Russia from unequivocally yeah. winning the war. I mean, well, also with a man who was like killing anyone he felt like. But. Yeah, but um, well, no, Japan surrendered like 12 hours after Russia declared war. Right. <laughs> they did not surrender for a week after the first atom bomb because we were already bombing their cities to dust. <laughs> And it was before the age where they could see the footage, so it didn't make a difference. It was a dick-waving competition to show off to Russia. <laughs> and yeah, it was... In a way, it's the worst act ever committed by humans because it was so easy and thoughtless. Obviously, like, really horrible stuff was being done in World War II, but it was a slow process. It was... It took, like, shutting down and doing something like I think people knew they were doing something terrible for a lot of that mm. whereas for what dropping the atom bomb it's just like boop done yeah and yet it killed like hundreds of thousands of people and then so many more through radiation afterwards and people okay here's another question for you let's say somehow you are president of the United States I the enemy the Russians sure. the Chinese whatever have launched their atom bombs they're going to decimate your cities do you fire your response of course, press the button. of course not, of course not. But, but here's why the, here's the flaw in the question. Mm -hmm. 
if I'm the president of the United States, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty compromised. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to sell a lot of pieces of your soul before you do that. And once you've sold those pieces of your soul, you could probably do that. But like people talk about it as like a deterrent, right? They bomb us, we bomb them back. But like, could you imagine bombing them back? Like, well, okay, if I press this, if I don't press this button, half of the human race is extinguished. If I do, everyone dies. Why would you press it? Let's drag it on back into Godzilla. Should we study it or kill it? Well, yeah. Well, especially because, <laughs> as Yamane is arguing, Godzilla is clearly resistant to radiation. That could be hugely important. <laughs> and, like, this goes back to the design. The shots you see um, of, like, the city after he's attacked look just like the shots of Nagasaki and Hiroshima after the bombs, right? Right. And Godzilla's skin in this film is designed to look like radiation burns. Ah. Like, this film is very deliberately, like, tapping into, like, the most horrific imagery in the Japanese psyche. <laughs> and that's why, yeah, it's a real film. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, does this film hold up today? Uh, yeah. More, yeah. But it's, not that American version. No. That one does not hold up. <laughs> and I feel like people don't really think about the question of the nuclear bomb anymore. But, like, people are still building them. People are still are we, spending trillions of dollars that could be saving lives on better ways to end them. Are we... Are we building so? I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Are we building so many? I oh, well, the, the I UK like, uh, Trident was renewed pretty recently. Okay. Because I, I just felt like all this money is maintaining them because you've built... Oh, yeah. Maybe we're the, not building new warheads. You've built the monster, and now you have to maintain the monster. It's going to blow up in your face. Yeah. I mean, that's well, the But then you've again. got, like, in Korea and Iran trying to get in the game. <laughs> and again, it's that fucking, oh, we can have it, but you can't. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, hey, everyone should have it, I guess. No, we we all have it. Well, have no it. one should have it. Of course, that's it. But yeah, th what, where's the hubris? Like, we have it, but you can't because we don't like you. Because well, we're the good guys and we police the world. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I almost started singing the song again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I am very, very, very anti-atom bombs. Um, I noticed something in your notes, um, which I think is true of both of us, that pretty much all my life I've had dreams about the, the bombs falling. Uh, I say you I said the apocalypse. the apocalypse. How was your apocalypse in your dreams? Oh, I've ha I've had a viral one, which was like ten or fifteen years ago. Huh. I ended up in an underground mall, kind of Dawn of the Dead style. I've had one that's sitting at like a like on a mountainside like this, and then just like <laughs> like the like a snow deluge comes over. I've actually had like a asteroid hit. I've had all wild apocalyptic dreams. Most of mine are the nukes, and I I think it's mostly because I want Terminator Two so much. Okay, <laughs> see, my, mine do not usually involve the nukes. Interestingly, they involve okay. uh, other natural things. Disaster. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they mine involve mostly natural things. That's huh. interesting. They're not. There are things, you know, that you couldn't do anything about anyway. If we right. get slammed by an asteroid this moment, I mean, you couldn't, there's no prepping for that in particular. Well, <laughs> I actually, might as well I'm be saying. I'm in a basement and I'm going to keep my family alive for 30 years and I've been looking at my neighbors recently and I think I could eat them. <laughs> if you think I won't eat your ass, I'll eat your ass. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> no. Okay, we're watching that after this. Section. Okay. <laughs> but, uh,. Yeah, that's Godzilla. If you, you, you know why you probably have not seen it, especially not this version. And yeah. you should. Yeah, you probably like Matt's friend got that idea in your head that like, ah, Godzilla, it's dumb, silly, fun, right? But no, this film is legit. Like, like we said, the characters don't matter in this film, but they're good and they're well acted anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, there's no the real ticks here. The rubber suit's fine because it's grainy black and white. Mm -hmm. The music's fine and, like, as long as you didn't They just... shoot it in that smart way with the lighting and the slightly slowed down footage and yeah. great model work. It I, looks good. It's it's a good twin with King Kong, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> do, do very different flavors, of course, but... Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, even King Kong at his most serious is still like a bit more of like a fun adventure. More of a romp, type. whereas this one is uh, sort of jarring and depressing. It's super bleak, but that's why it's great. <laughs> um, I think we'll wrap it up there then so yeah, where, where are they going to track us down well, you can follow the podcast on twitter at mlsfs pod um if you want to hear me talk about more japanese monsters i have a pokemon podcast you can find that go on twitter at luke loves pkmn luke loves pkmn or just search on the itunes for luke loves pokemon and if you've enjoyed the music you've heard in this episode you can find more of matt's music going to rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. Yeah, this week I think we just committed me to using the I Often Dream of the Apocalypse album. Okay, sounds, sounds good. That's where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> and while I'm dreaming of the apocalypse sitting on atop my mountain sanctuary, you will... Get the fuck out of our sci-fi sanctuary.
in the year 1945. The first two atom bombs were used in anger. And it fucked shit up. What an inappropriate time to open a can. Dude! <laughs> I thought it would be like an explosion, but it was a really small sound. Yeah. Yeah, atom bombs, hundreds of thousands dead. Whatever. Let me open my beer. Yeah, I wanted to sound like an explosion. It didn't. Yeah. Okay, got you. <laughs> We're moving up a few years today, though, to 54. Yes. What happens in that year? Uh, nuclear bomb testing kills even more Japanese people by accident in the fishing boat. Which name I actually forgot. Lucky number seven, I think, is the English translation. Uh, and that inspires the creation of Godzilla. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So, um, yeah, we're back. This is Matt. This is Luke. Should introduce you, because you've, you've entered the sci-fi. Sanctuary. Yes, and we found, like, this really impractical sanctuary to record in today. We're on a full-on Star Trek mountain, though. It's pretty cool. And I'm precariously balanced at the moment. Yeah, that, you're not going to be able to keep that up for two podcasts with the like, iPad on your knee. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't any flat surfaces to speak of around here. Mm, if I shuffle that way, you can come where I am, and I think between us we'll create enough shade for the iPad. Okay. This, this should be had off air. <laughs> <laughs>